When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. ...expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Inspirational women are increasingly popular in the news and media, but many go unheard and their stories are never told. Women to Watch with Susan Rocco captures the stories of many women who truly make a difference. Women to Watch is the vehicle for developing new leaders, encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860 and womentowatch.net. I'm very excited to be back in the studio, and we're going to have a a great show this afternoon. I have two wonderful women who are going to be joining me. Uh, Before we get started, real quick, I want to give you our call-in number. If you're listening and you'd like to chat with our guest, um, you can do so by dialing 888-329-3306. That's 888-329-3306. And be sure to check out our website for all the happenings around the show. Um, You can find us at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net. Uh, I'm also excited because the Eagles won this weekend. Yay! Um, <laughs> all of my listeners know I'm a huge football fan, so uh, it was a great weekend. And uh, we're going to start first with Jocelyn Ewart, our monthly financial contributor. Uh, Jocelyn, again, is the founding partner of Entrust Financial, and she's also the author of Balancing Act, Wealth Management Straight Talk for Women. And waiting in the wings in the studio with me, I'm thrilled to say, is Sheila Hess. And Sheila is our very own city representative of Philadelphia. So we have a great show this afternoon, and I'm going to welcome Jocelyn first to the show. Hi, Jocelyn. It's great to be here, Susan. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Are you calling? Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, Even though I thought I was going to be talking about, you know, giving, because we're all getting those wonderful annual appeals in the door I just had to shift gears at the last minute. I hope your audience will forgive me because I've gotten so many questions about how do I handle my holiday spending so that I not only get to enjoy the holidays, but I don't end up with a lot of debt come 2017. Yes, yes. That's always on our mind. Is it really that time already? (laughs) I hate to say it, but I was counting the days to Thanksgiving, and I think we're kind of here. We are, a week and a half. So what's your advice? Well, I did a lot of thinking about this because I know a lot of people really struggle with this. And, and let's face it, I mean, holiday time is to have fun. It's, to, it's a festive time. We want to be able to buy gifts. We want to be able to do special things, go to parties, concerts. And it makes us feel good to give things to the people we love and to our friends. So I came up with a system. I call it the Ready, Set, Go approach to managing our holiday spending so that we can still have fun. And I'll start with the first part, which is the ready part. And this is really important, and I think this part is what a lot of people kind of uh, don't um, make happen in their lives, and that's why they end up with an unpleasant surprise come the new year. And I recommend that people take a piece of lined paper and literally fold it uh, vertically so they've got two sides. And on the left side, they're going to be drafting their gift list, And on the right side, they're going to be evaluating their personal budget. So starting with the gift side, I think it's really important to put as the heading gifts and events and literally make a list of the names of all the people for whom you wish to purchase a gift. And 
what is often overlooked is all the extras, like you might be giving a tip to your manicurist or an extra big tip to your hairdresser. Try to put everybody in that gifts and events list, and when you think you have the people on the list, then be very specific about the holiday events that are going to increase your spending. A lot of people do extra dining out. There's a price tag associated with that. So try to be very thorough. And before I kind of move on to the right-hand column, I know a lot of your listeners, Susan, want to use an electronic device. And that can work and can feel convenient, but it's really important to be able to see the whole list of your expenses at one glance, not to have to scroll. Otherwise, it's really easy to overlook something along the way that you're planning to spend money on. So when your listeners have their gifts and events list inventoried very carefully, then it's time as another part of the ready stage to segue into the right-hand column on the page and evaluate your household or personal budget. And if one of your listeners doesn't have a budget yet, I really encourage them to go to the balancingactbook.com website, click on the resources tab, and right there, Chapter 7, you can click on Spending Plan Worksheet, and it's going to really help your listener to delineate income and expenses. And this is really needed before any of us can figure out how much money we have on hand to spend during the holidays. So once we have figured out to whom we want to give gifts, what our special events are going to be, and then we've taken a nice evaluation of our budget and we've decided, wow, I have X amount of money to spend, then going back to the list, literally step-by-step uh, step, go down the list and decide how much money you want to spend for each gift or special event on the list. So the ready stage, as you can see, Susan, is really important to getting started. You know, you mentioned, uh, real quick, Jocelyn, you mentioned um, that some people might want to use electronics. Is there, I guess there is. There's an app for anything today. Is there an app that <laughs> you much. know about that is, you know, really about, you know, budgeting and, and uh, but around the holiday shopping? Well, not necessarily for holiday shopping, but for instance, if somebody uses Mint.com or Quicken, right. um, you know, everybody has apps, like you said, they might be able to create all these lists right there. Okay. On I, their phone. Yes, yes. I, I like what you said about it. To me, it's um, one of the reasons I struggle with my, my online calendar uh, or looking at my calendar on my phone. I prefer seeing the whole month at a glance um, in my old-fashioned calendar, so I use both. Well, and I'm really glad you said that, Susan, because when it comes to spending for a very um, – special time in the year, you know, not for the whole year, I think it is really important to see the whole, um, you know, what your goals are, who you want to um, give gifts to, what the activities are, and then see how much you think that's really going to spend before, you know, that's the ready stage, before you go to the next step and actually start spending the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the whole picture, seeing the whole yes. picture, yeah. Exactly, and I'm going to move quickly through the set and go stages because I know that we have limited time. Um, the set stage of ready, set, go is really a stage of self-reflection, and that means when it comes to spending, what habits or strategies do you have to employ that are going to help you adhere to your intentions? In other words, everybody has to ask themselves, what is the easiest way for me to stick within my holiday spending budget? And a couple examples, for some people, they need to pay cash so they're not blindsided by the ease of overspending using credit cards. Mm -hmm. Other people, their strategy is to shop for everything on sale because that makes it easier for them to stick in their budget. And others are very careful, and they don't browse. They only go shopping either online or in a store for the specific items on their list. Mm. I so, think that's one of the best tips. Right? <laughs> when you're when you're shopping to kill time, you get in trouble. <laughs> you get in big right? trouble, and yeah, I'm especially so glad women. You said that right. And if if your listeners have done the ready stage with care and thoughtfully, and held up that mirror and done the self reflecting, what works best for me? Yeah. Then they're ready for go, which is get out there, enjoy yourself, purchase your gifts, and really enjoy all the trimmings of the season. Yeah, great advice, Jocelyn. I think it's it's so funny because I think in particular women enjoy shopping more than men. 
I'm not sure why that is, but it's it's the case, and um, we do. We love to just kind of browse and, and see beautiful things, and we often are thinking about others, and um, you can get into trouble when doing that. That's where I think online is a is a great tool. It, anything that helps us be really specific and spend within our budget is a fabulous tool. Right, it is. Okay, well, that's great tips as always, Jocelyn. I thank you so much for taking some time with us. And My pleasure. Uh, we will be talking to you soon. Sounds good. Okay, take care. Um, I'd like to now uh, introduce my very, very special guest this afternoon. And again, I'm thrilled to have her in the studio so I can look right across the desk at her beautiful face. Her name is Sheila Hess, and she is our very own city representative of Philadelphia. She was appointed by Mayor Jim Kenney um, this year, and I welcome you to the show. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much. I'm really thrilled to be here. It's an honor. Uh, well, I know how busy you are, and I know you're <laughs> running all over the city doing all kinds of great work. So I'm, I'm a lucky girl to have uh, an hour with you um, to, to talk about you and your story and, and really what led you to, to take over this role, this very important role for Philadelphia. Um, I thought I would start with a quote because I think this really talks about who you are and uh, what your philosophy oh, in good, life is. I love quotes. Good. <laughs> and you said this, um, great leaders don't set out to be a leader. They set out to make a difference. It's never about the role. It's always about the goal. And I, I love that because I think it's, it's so true. very it really true. Is true. It is true. When you set out with a purpose, mm-hmm. um, leadership develops. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're focused on the, the title of that leadership role, you tend to lose your way, right? So um, I love that quote, and I think that will give our listeners a sense of you and, and who you are. Um, but as we always do, we're going to start out with your upbringing. And um, I understand you grew up in the iconic South Philadelphia I did. neighborhood of Philly. And, um, it's and a great, still live there. And still live there. Yes. So tell me a little bit about You know, it's funny. When I was reading your background, I was reminded this is one of my favorite movies of all time, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> and when you talked about your mom. Mom's still living in the house, and you're mm-hmm. living next door, and your aunt and uncle on the same street. I loved the picture. Yeah, that's the South Philly. That's I love the, the South picture. Philly way. Yes. yes, yes, and that's uh, that's something that makes it so unique, and I think um, it's special. I just attended a fundraiser yesterday for someone who lived in our neighborhood, and everyone has dispersed and moved on and has families now, but guess what? You can never take where we grew up out of who we are as a person, and I think that's what makes it so special. And it's really great to have the mayor of the city of Philadelphia, also from South Philadelphia. He's a second streeter um, from 30th Street, and uh, it's it's just amazing to see our career paths and that we are now leading the city of Philadelphia from, you know, our local neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought. Yeah. Who would, you know, it's it's in hindsight. It's surreal. It is. Ten months later, it's still surreal for me. It's interesting to look back, right? I am so blessed. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what your favorite part of growing up in South Philadelphia was. The people mm-hmm. uh, and just the camaraderie. I mean, everybody would do anything for everyone, um, no matter what. And there was just a sense of, of pride. I mean, we all talked about which neighborhoods. And in South Philly, it's not like what street you're from. It's like what parish are you from. That's right. That's I'm right. I'm a, a strong Catholic, and I still go to the church where I grew up at mm-hmm. St. Gabriel's. And um, it is. It's just the upbringing. And I think we're all just genuine. You know what I mean? There's no – there's there's a sense of belonging, but it's also a sense of just genuinely caring about each other and will do anything for one another, such as yesterday when there was a fundraiser for someone who was cancer and is ill. Everybody stepped up and was doing whatever they could, whether it's, you know, providing auction tickets and um, you know, buying things and selling things, the creativity and just everybody coming together. Yeah. And so much fun. It yeah. really is fun. There's great conversations and there's an energy about there the, is. the people and down it's, there. It's funny, so because you can tell who's from South Philly. I never I don't think I have an accent, but when I travel someone's like, Where are you from? Are you yeah. so they well, say, I think there's a there's a there tends to be a draw in South Philadelphia alone, separate from Philadelphia. Yeah. I get you're from Philly wherever I go. So, um, but and I don't hear that in you. Um, but okay. you know, 
I don't know that's good or bad, but <laughs> there, is a, there is a great energy with, with South Philadelphia people. And I know I mentioned to you in our first meeting that my husband's uh, grandmother's family were some of the founders of the Italian market. Right, right. And that's what also with South, the cultures are so different. So you'll go one block and it's, you know, it's a different section, another two blocks, and you're in a whole different neighborhood. That's so, right. yeah. you know, and especially in today, in 2016, mm-hmm. the diversity that represents just the entire city of Philadelphia is something that we're really, really proud of, of how we've grown into the destination of such diversity. Yeah. It's, it's a great cultural, educational opportunity for all of us to learn from each other. It is. And and that's something, of course, we talk about on, on a global mm-hmm. scale yes. um, every day now. So it's a great represent, representation of what we want well, what the world is, mm-hmm. right? Naturally, it's diverse, and how how can we bring the different communities together and, and really get stuff done? Um, I, I might jump ahead to a question because you mentioned that, um, that I had wanted to ask you about. In your role um, in Philadelphia, it's really important that you're bringing together the neighborhoods, the businesses, and the government, right? Those are three key areas uh, or groups of people, I'll say, that I think – once we can get all three of those on the same page and, and understanding that, you know, we're, we're working towards we're a common goal, exactly. right, um, that's when I think, you know, positivity happens. What, what's your thought around that, and what are you looking to do in this new role to bring those three groups together? Well, I always say, uh, you know, Philadelphia is always historical, and we can never take that away from us. But we're also, you know, hip and historical. We are a world-class city, and um, it's just a living a good story, and now it's our time to tell a different story of where the city of Philadelphia is going. And like you had mentioned, um, the relationships that we are building – we're we're the number fastest growing city for millennials as well, mm-hmm. which is a great opportunity for us. We want to be known as a city of innovation. A lot of businesses want to come here to start, but also we need to have the town and the pool of resources for these organizations and businesses to attract from. So we have the best eds and meds here. I mean, you can't go to any other city that has so many variety of universities and colleges and community colleges and hospitals that are here. And to be able to attract that and the, ten- the talent that comes here, you know, that brain drain, brain gain initiative. So the students come here, go to school, and then they would leave to go back home where they grew up to try to find a job. And we're like, hey, we want you to stay here. And do you I have think, percentages on and that? We, um, we do in our uh, commerce department. Unfortunately, I don't have it here in the studio with mm-hmm. me, but it is a growing, uh, a growing statistic that we see, and that's a focus that we're – you know, full fuel and our energy on. Okay. And trying um, to retain the, the exactly, kids to stay exactly. here. Exactly. But there, yeah. you know, the innovation, we have our own startup PHL through commerce where these businesses, you know, we're given the tools and the resources and trying to share that we can make things much easier for someone who has an idea and a concept and wants to start a business. So mm-hmm. we're there to assist and, and develop and grow that idea into reality, find a location where they can build that business and then attract the talent to come here. And the housing, I mean, we're only two hours away from Washington, D.C. We're two hours away from New York. We're two hours from the shore, two hours from the Poconos. I mean, really you can't get a better location than Philadelphia for so many different reasons. Yeah. But it is, I always say that it's the people that make Philadelphia who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're always in the spotlight now, and for good reasons, yeah. national spotlight. That's right. Yeah. And this is something that people are, all eyes are on what we're doing and the decisions that we are making as a city. And I think we have tremendous leadership under Mayor Jim Kenney and, you know, the great team that he has put together that's really focused Energize. There's just like a new energy, and people feel that and see it, and it's an opportunity to, you know, make it contagious. Right. You know, uh, the yeah. more people that I'm meeting and learning about new people that moved to Philadelphia and how proud they are to be a Philadelphian, that makes me so happy to hear, and yeah. I'm like a lifelong Philadelphian. Right. And it, it's just something that, um, you know, through the, the halls of City Hall, there is definitely new energy that's that's bringing about. Yeah, and it's a long time coming, right? You know, we, we knew the potential years ago. It is. But now, you know, the rest We're of the country seeing it. We're just so unique in so many different ways. You know, uh, we are getting a lot of international folks that are coming here. I've met with so many of our different dignitaries, and that 
has been a learning experience about their cultures and you know their politics and what they're looking to do here in the city of Philadelphia, especially with bringing business here and export and imports. So mm-hmm. it really is an opportunity to you know have that communion and unity among each other and uh, speaking of unity the mayor had a vision this year that philadelphia would be able to host a philadelphia international unity cup and i know nothing about soccer but i am a huge sports fan especially anything philadelphia but guess what over one little ball for soccer brought together 32 different countries And it was an event that just happened last Saturday, and we found out, Mayor Kennedy found out, that Philadelphia is the first city to host this quote-unquote World Cup here. And we thought it would just, you know, other cities have done it, but guess what? Now they're coming to us and asking us, how did you do this? We want to do something similar in our city, and we're challenging them because this was amazing how we did it. It was under the director, Bill Salvatore, who really spearheaded the idea that Mayor Kenny had. We worked with our Office of Immigrant Affairs, and the Office of Immigrant Affairs just put out a call to say, hey, we want to start this World Cup soccer 32 countries instantly responded. Well, I didn't I know we had that many that, different. That. But it's inter- it's a one it's a common sport that is across so you know football, baseball, basketball, hockey, they're different. Soccer is unified and the the different cultures that came together for this one sport was such a unity um they became friends, the, the language barriers, but it didn't make a difference because they were all competitive. They wanted to win this game of soccer. Mm-hmm. And so we had such a great festival. We had all these different food, ethnic, you know, trucks showcasing all the diversity of food selections and craft fairs. And so it was something that we're really proud of that it just started here in Philadelphia this year. It's going to be an annual tradition. We want That's it to terrific. grow. but. Yeah. I didn't realize, being a lifelong resident, that there's so many different countries represented here in Philadelphia. Right. And there was a waiting list that people couldn't get is in. Is that right? So, wow. For yeah. the first time. First for the time. first year doing mm-hmm. it. That's terrific. It, okay. is, Maybe it was I'll try wonderful. To, try to be a, uh, an attendee next year. It was great. I'm a suburbanite, <laughs> but you know I'm a Philly girl at heart. Um, so just, I want to jump back for a little bit and you know talk more about you. And really, you know, how you came to this place and, and taking this, being appointed, I'll say, um, to this role. And um, w- one of the things I always ask my guests is, is tell me about what was one of your greatest challenges growing up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, you know, for the listeners who may not know, yeah. you, were, you were born with spina bifida. Correct. Yeah. And it never slowed you down. Um, I love that I read that the doctors that you saw when you were young wondered why you were wearing out your crutches so quickly. <laughs> my crutches and always breaking my braces. And breaking your braces. I mean, I think that says a lot about you and who you are. Um, Back then, the braces were metal, and they had, like, screws and bolts. So and they you were used still to pop and them. break. Oh, my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Well, listen, I can't have an interview and, and tell your story without, you know, asking you about that. And, and really what I want to know and what I would imagine most people want to know is where it is the uh, the ability to live your life to the fullest in spite of that, something that was in your DNA? Was it the support of your loving and close family, oh which God. I know you have, or was it a combination of both? It was everything and then some. Actually, um, I always said that I was born this way. God, when people say, what happened? I'm like, what, what, what you do? I'm like, I didn't do anything. God did it, right? They don't yeah, know what right. to well, say. Nothing happened. Being, this being sarcastic, but at the same time being funny and yeah. uh, always just a sense of humor. But I do. I believe, like, everything happens for a reason today from birth to currently. And, um, yeah, I forget that I have it only because my parents have raised me with, you know, just were really hard work ethic and something that were just – I just keep going. They never treated me any different. My friends never treated me any different. You know, you get stares and you get looks and people question all the time what happened and mm-hmm. I'm proud to tell them, you know, oh, I was born with spina bifida. Uh, now I can be like a mentor and a role model to children that have it. But, uh, you know, in grade school, I went to a school that was just for disabled kids and uh, it was far. The school bus used to pick me up by myself. And, you know, I was like in kindergarten. And next thing you know, I said to my mom, why can't I go to the school down the corner with all my friends? Why do I have to go to this other school? And she said, well, there's steps at that school, you know, an old Catholic wow. school, yes. all these steps. This and was I, before then Maria Goretti. Oh, that was the high school. Yeah. This is grade okay. school, okay. which is on my corner. And um, yeah. so she, 
next thing you know, my mom said, if you could do it, we'll send you down the street. You don't have to go. And I wanted to go. And, and they were very accommodating. Like, now I look at the kids in grade school, and they're like these little kids. But, you know, in eighth grade, when he, we'd have a fire drill, and I'm on the third floor, the little boys would have to carry me down the steps. And <laughs> now I'm like, oh, God forbid. But uh, <laughs> but I guess that I was really... against the law today. <laughs> I was really tiny. <laughs> but we, you know, we made the most of it, or they let me leave a class a few minutes earlier so I could take my time going up the steps and not get like trampled on as the kids are marching and rushing right. up the steps to get to class. Right. So whatever it took, um, we made arrangements to do it. But And then I did go to an all-girls Catholic high school, St. Maria Goretti. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, I... You know, I wasn't sure, you know, how you're going to be accepted or whatever, but yeah, sure. no one ever, ever treated me any differently. I think it's because of my attitude and my confidence as well that mm-hmm. I don't act like I have anything different. You know, I do wear leg braces. I do use crutches. I do use a wheelchair. I don't have sensation in my feet or the lower extremities and stuff like that. But that doesn't change who I am as a person and doesn't impact anything that I believe in or do. Um, I've had the best health care as well. My parents took me to the best doctors at CHOP. Actually, Dr. C. Everett Koop, the former Surgeon General, back in the day was the doctor who performed the surgery on me when I was, you know, an infant at Children's Hospital. So I've always had the best care, my mom and dad. We're so lucky with these hospitals That's what I said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and then my brother never treated me any differently either, you know, and, and my friends. For brothers. So yeah. that just led me to always trying to be like a leader mm-hmm. as well and um, looking at the bright things. I have such a positive outlook and attitude in anything I do. You know, I never say anything negative. Uh, and it just – I have a very unique leadership style, I think. If you ask any of my former colleagues or my current colleagues – it is different, and I can't even explain how different it is, Sue, but I just know it's not the norm. <laughs> yeah, well, it's refreshing. Um, it is refreshing, yeah. but it's like it's an inclusiveness. Yes. And that's what I like. Like I want people to share their thoughts and ideas. It's not about, you know, what I think. I want to hear what could work and how we can make it work for the best so the community can benefit from it. Yeah. And I'm a big believer of giving back. You know, like I said, I am truly blessed. I am spoiled, and I don't mean materialistic at all but I am spoiled with love and I feel that that is something that I have so much to give that I would I just want to there's so much anger and hate in this world Mm -hmm. unfortunately and I think if you can make someone smile and know that they are loved or actually ask them a question how they are and how they're doing and actually care and and want to listen because I think a good leader is someone who has exceptional listening skills Mm -hmm. and I think that's what it takes a lot of people don't listen and um, if we can give back that love put a smile there'd be so many more happy faces in this world and it's so easy to do isn't it 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 costs nothing yes yeah it's so easy (laughs) to do it's free yeah yeah and I I I just – you want to be around people that are positive and uplifting. Mm-hmm. And I always surround myself with really good people, someone who has, um, you know, a good heart, someone who is, you know, not just smart surrounding, but someone who does positive things. And I think that's like that ripple effect. Yeah. Well, it gets back and to what it, we talked about at the at the beginning. You know, being a leader is it has to be about where you can have positive impact, mm-hmm. and that's how you work. Right. You're not right. thinking about you know the role of city rep. You're thinking about where can I have the greatest impact. It's all about public service, and I yeah. think that's why public I'm in the service. role. Um, uh, I've always been a volunteer. Yeah. Um, and when you're volunteering, guess what? You don't realize who's watching you. Well, okay. yes, that, and that takes me into. I wanted you to tell you know about getting this phone call from from Jim Kenny. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, from the time you were in high school, you were um, taking on these leadership roles, and obviously, you have a confidence in you um, that's innate. I you never were, thought I did. Like, I would never use that as a word to describe me originally as a confident mean, woman. Um, were you trying? Were you trying to? Um, this is a question I have for you. When I when I realized that you were the vice president of your class mm-hmm. in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Were you um, trying to prove anything because of the disability, or were you genuinely no, not just at all. wanting to It was, have like impact? you said, how you can make an impact, and yeah. you have these great ideas, you know, the creativity and the great ideas, but um, I, have an, I, I have a gift, and that's like... Re- 
building relationships. Mm -hmm. So um, in class, I was able to corral folks who, you know, all girls, it's like some people, the cliques, they don't talk, but I was the common denominator among the crowds. Okay. And so so I was able to be friends with everyone. Mm -hmm. I didn't have cliques. They call and, that a floater, right? <laughs> so yeah. right, and um, and so being that I knew what I could do and bring something to the classmates, I said, you know what? Let me try it. I I don't know it. You know, I don't know how this works. And then it got to be challenged, and I didn't run for president because my best friend was running for president. Oh. So I didn't want to run against her and compete right. against her. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I'll run for vice president. Maybe if we both win, we'll get the opportunity to work together. So, again, I was thinking of others. I didn't want to compete against and her. And did, did she win? She did win. Oh, good. Yes. So <laughs> we uh, we did make a, a dynamic team. Okay. I'm brought a lot. And then, you know, you go to high school. Uh, from high school, you go to college. And I decided to choose Temple University. Um, and I love Temple, but you think, oh, my God, I'm just like a number here. But guess what? I made my mark at Temple as well. I was – I call myself a geek, but a cool geek because I was engaged in every activity. But – when you get involved, you get results, and that's something that is another motto that I live by because people – it's not always handed to you. You have to get in front of folks, um, you know, show that you want to make a difference, and so I did. I was engaged in all kinds of community activities at, at college. You know, I could have chose to go to class and go home or work, and I did all that, but mm-hmm. then I was involved, and um, – it led to so many different people that I've met in my life, so many mentors that have sh- have helped guide me, words of wisdom that they don't even know that they've provided to me that have helped, you know, yeah, who I am as a person today, besides yes. my incredible family and love and support from everyone and um, my husband. But this is, this is an opportunity that it's all about connections, and I'm a really good connector now of – hearing an idea and say, you need to talk to this person, I know this person, Mm -hmm. and then let it go from there. Um, But after college, again, where do I – I don't know what I want to do with my career. I have no clue. Today's today's youth, it's like they they have their whole goal set. Hopefully. (laughs) Not me. Not me. I I lived every day. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to hear the story of, um, you know, you – graduated and and you went to a job fair and something happened at that job (laughs) fair that led to a long, long career for you. Um, We'll talk about it when we come back. We'll be right back. There are 365 days to schedule a mammogram. Today is as good as any. Holy Redeemer Breast Care makes it easy. We offer the latest technology like 3D mammography and automated breast ultrasound that help find cancers in dense breast tissue. Plus, our same-day readings mean same-day peace of mind. Make today the day you schedule a mammogram. It's easy to request an appointment online at holyredeemer.com slash mammogram. Are you the parent of a daughter in middle school? If so, I must tell you about an upcoming event at Mount St. Joseph Academy on Sunday, October the 16th at 12 noon. As the parent of an alum, I know firsthand the value of their academic excellence, athletic and arts programs. This private, all-girls Catholic high school in Montgomery County provides the foundation our daughters need to go on to leadership roles at top universities and future careers. I know my daughter did. To register for the open house on Sunday, October the 16th at 12 noon, go to msjacad.org backslash open house. And be sure to ask about their financial assistance and scholarship programs when you visit msjacad.org backslash open house. I'm Jocelyn Ewart, founding principal of Entrust Financial in Wayne, Pennsylvania. And it is my pleasure to share financial tips with you during my monthly segment on Women to Watch. I hope you are a regular listener like I am and that you are finding the personal finance tips I provide helpful. Some of the topics we have discussed so far this year are how to get organized, how to help your children learn good money habits, how to create that all-important travel budget, and what steps are needed as you prepare for retirement. Now I have truly exciting news for you news you can share with your family and friends. As a veteran certified financial planner professional, I just published my first book, Balancing Act, Wealth Management Straight Talk for Women. 
It is filled with inspiring real case studies to help you and other women move past fear, build confidence, and make the right decisions without financial concerns. Just go to Amazon.com to purchase your copy. And please, write a review for Balancing Act Wealth Management Straight Talk for Women. I look forward to reading it. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860 and womentowatch.net. I have with me in the studio this afternoon Sheila Hess. And again, Sheila is the city representative of Philadelphia, appointed by Mayor Jim Kenney. And she gets to do all kinds of cool things and, and run around the city and um, talk to people about why they should be bringing their business to Philadelphia and all the great events we're doing. And um, and she's doing a great job. I wanted to talk about, we're kind of working our way through, you know, <laughs> chronologically through your life. And you did go to Temple, and you started out as a finance major, and then at I, some point you yeah, realized... I was good at math. You were good at math. But guess what? So after um, taking the math courses, I realized... Um, I did not want to do this for a living. I did not want to crunch numbers and look at spreadsheets just because I was good at something. And I realized I had to take a step back and say, what really fuels me? What energizes me? And it's people. And what can I do for a career to be around people? Mm -hmm. And um, I took a course that was a required course for the school business. It was human resources Mm -hmm. and organizational dynamics. And I said, can you actually major in this in HR? And can I major in people? Right? Yeah. And and I did. I switched majors in the middle, and I graduated with my degree in human resources. And as soon as I graduated, I was beyond fortunate. Like I said, I, I'm so blessed in my life with everything. And I attended a job fair on Temple's campus. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought back then we had resumes, right? There was no yeah. online posting. A paper resume. I, I did. I had a, a whole folder full of resumes. But the first company that I went to that I saw was the one of the largest companies because I see their logo all over the city. And 20, fast forward 24 years later, uh, Independence Blue Cross. So I applied there. And unfortunately, it was like a two-second opportunity to do that first impression. And, That's you know, hard. that you look them in the eye, you make that great handshake, and you tell them why, out of all these people that are in line, they need to hire you. Right. And you I say? had no experience whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I just graduated. Right. I had my academic experience. That was it. Had you done internships? Uh, I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, but, you know, they just want someone to get the ground running. Yeah. And so I just said to them, I will not disappoint you. I will make you proud. I will represent your organization because in human resources, you're the face of the company because you're meeting all the candidates coming in and doing stuff like that. And I will, you know, make these people feel that they made the right choice to join this organization. And of course, there wasn't a position in the field that I was looking for at that time. But don't you know, fast forward, they contacted me and said, you know what, they're there's a position that we're going to be creating in human resources that's not even done yet, but we would like to hire you for this position. And I didn't care what position it was. I just wanted to work in that company. Yeah. And I accepted. And it was before the position even was created. So it was that, another great first. Line, though. I think that's a great line. I will not disappoint you. Who Who's not going to, you know, respond yeah. to that? Yeah. Um, and you were there for 24, 24 years. 24 years. I've had, I had so many career paths. I was in human resources for 13 of those 24 years. And, again, I had another position that was created under the former president and CEO, Fred DeBona, who unfortunately had passed away since. Um, he was like a mentor and a role model to me. He was an unbelievable dynamic leader in the city. And he created a position for social mission. He thought that the company needed to have an individual focus on the company's social mission. Mm. I, again – was not looking for a position in the company. My friends that worked there contacted me and said, you need to apply for this. I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's new. I can't even ask anybody how it is. And so I said, you know, I'll just apply. But it was weird because I had an interview with my colleagues 
I'm thinking, um, oh, they know everything about me. We're all in human resources together. But no, right. it was one of the toughest interviews I've ever had. Is that right? It was really tough. Yeah. Um, and I did accept that. I did get offered the position. And then uh, we eventually decided that our company needed to create a foundation. Mm-hmm. I was always volunteering. Like I said, I got asked to serve on so many nonprofit boards because of your volunteer service. People think you automatically get appointed to a board, but that's not how it works. They need to see that you're passionate about that nonprofit. They see what your skills are. They see, you know, you're genuinely interested in making a difference and believe in that mission. And so I got recruited for a lot of nonprofits to serve on their board. And now as a leader, I've learned to say no. That's another opportunity yeah. as a leader. Yeah, I am honored and thrilled and humbled that these individuals are approaching me to serve on so many committees and boards. But if I can't give 110%, I just can't do it any longer. And there's some organizations that I've been a board member since its inception that I don't want to give up yet, but also a time to take a step back and say, there needs to be new blood. There needs to be a new focus on some of these boards. So I need to do myself um, as a leader to take myself off of it and allow someone new to come in Mm -hmm. as well and give someone else an opportunity to develop and grow. I've maxed uh, certain potential and certain things and I'm moving up. Uh, You know, I started out in the Young Professionals Network. Mm -hmm. Uh, I eventually became chair of the YPN for the Chamber of Commerce, then eventually moved to the big board for the Chamber of Commerce, which was incredible to be at this seat in the boardroom with all these presidents and CEOs and top executives. And then here I am, like this young female who's the chair of the Chamber's Young Professional Network sitting on this board with all these leaders. It was something that inspired me to want to be like who they were. And so I just kept volunteering and kept connecting and meeting and going to any event that you know, as possible. I understand that I could. you call yourself the queen of boards. Yeah, the queen right? of boards queen and network. Boards. I, yeah. I used to be the, the queen of s- social networking, but not like technology, social media, social networking. Yes. It was the real deal. And right. now, now I'm addicted to social media too, but yeah. other than that, <laughs> I wasn't before. Right. And uh, it has led me to so many things. And what happened was I... With Independence Blue Cross, I was at an event, and I had the opportunity to meet Councilman Jim Kenney, mm-hmm. and he was on our board of directors. And so I met him in an event, and we were talking, and instantly asked how I could volunteer with his campaign, and he knew that I did that a lot. And he, he you know, I knew he was from South Philly, so I said, oh, I'd love to come to your office and volunteer, whatever you need me to do, and I did. And I didn't just do it during every four years for an election for a city councilman. I did it all year for his events, his fundraisers. I wound up being his his photographer for all of his events. Oh, wow. I did. I used to do corporate photography as well for Independence Blue Cross. Yeah. And so I stuck by him for 24 years. I just believed in what he was doing as a city councilman. He's just so passionate about our city and gets things done and and the integrity. He's just he's the real deal. And then when he decided to step down and become mayor, I was just so proud of him. And I said, what can I do now? I still want to volunteer. And he's like, Sheila, you're so busy. You don't need to. And I said, no, I want to volunteer still. I want you to become mayor. Did you, in your mind, were you envisioning yourself working with him? Oh, God, him no. We, okay. I was climbing we that just, corporate ladder. At yeah. least I was hoping to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's another thing. I never asked for a favor. You know, a lot of people volunteer and or they get involved in politics because they want, you know, just any kind of – I never did. I just did it because he really made a difference. And, and you know, he's a South Philly guy, and, and I, it was just someone who made me proud. Yeah. And then when he won – I could not have been more ecstatic and so happy and just, you know, wow, this is going to be amazing for our city of Philadelphia to have uh, Jim Kenney as our next mayor of Philadelphia. Lo and behold, uh, I get a call immediately after he won the election from him, and he said to me, Sheila, I would love for you to become my city representative. And I really didn't know what that actually meant, to be honest with you. So I didn't know the scope Mm -hmm. and the roles or responsibility of the city representative until he said, I want you to be... Me, you know, representing me out in the community. And I, you know, I was speechless, and that's a first. (laughs) And I didn't hesitate. Um, I had such a great job in Independence Blue Cross, had the most amazing team. My husband works there as well. I mean, I just had it all um, and loved everything about it. And I was able to grow and develop there. But, again, being religious and spiritual, I said, you know what? 
this is this is a calling. This is something that's happening for a reason. How do I say no to the next mayor of Philadelphia? How do I ever continue on my job here and wonder what if? Yeah. And knowing that if I can make a difference in the city of Philadelphia because of this role, even if it's just a small impact, uh, I would be forever grateful. So it it really is. I I consider myself like the cheerleader of Philadelphia. You know, Miss That's Philadelphia great, has yeah, always been that way. Not just because of this role. I'm always proud, always promoting, and that's what this role is. You know, promoting the city of Philadelphia and getting to represent Mayor Jim Kenney wherever he can't be. And he's like the rock star. Everybody wants him everywhere. Yeah. So my schedule is just as crazy as his, but his is way more. His is intense. You yeah. Know? But there's no typical day for you. I won't even oh, no. ask what's no, a typical day. No, there really day. isn't a typical no. day. You and go if with- if I go in with a day with a schedule in mind, I never <laughs> really get to achieve that schedule. I was lucky that I got you here this afternoon. This is something I wanted to do, and I um, again, it all happened for a reason. It did. It did. I can't imagine getting that call, and especially when you said I, I wasn't even sure what that role entailed. You know, what exactly are my tasks? What will I be but doing? But I know he wanted to change it. So uh, he, Mayor Kenny, has surrounded himself with a lot of new new leaders in his administration. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the number of women yes, that he has. Yes, I applaud him. He is taking on a, a really a, a diverse amount, you know, focusing on diversity and inclusion, and that starts with the amount of females that he has t- uh, appointed to leadership positions. Mm-hmm. And um, it says a lot about the direction that the city is going into and that he believes in this. Um, you know, it's all about our females and um, he's the biggest advocate and ambassador for all of us to support us and coach us and give us this opportunity to shine. Yeah. And he, you know, to have that as, as our mayor and to have that as my boss is pretty significant. Yeah. Tell me what, what in, you know, and it's, um, it's, it's a wonderful positive position to be kind of, as you said, the cheerleader for the city. Obviously, there's things that aren't so, you know, that aren't so great that need attention. Is there, is there what worries you the most um, about the city or in your role a project that you really want to get done? Well, I guess um, right now, so especially with the cold weather coming, you know, our homeless population and being that we have the statistic as being like, you know, top poverty driven city. Mm-hmm. These are some of the concerns that I have. And um, as long as I just want everything to be peaceful as well, you know, that's all I ask is, mm-hmm. is peaceful and, you know, bringing everyone together. But we have some tremendous folks of leaders that have like the biggest hearts that we're doing as much as we can. Um, you know, drugs is a big thing, this opiate addiction. The, you know, of course, it's in a lot of cities, but these are some of the things that we need to focus on, and that's what the mayor has – Is it, he's definitely not ignoring. These are some of the top priorities in his administration. And, of course, the education, you know, working with the youth, the pre-K in our communities. And so it's uh, – a great opportunity that the mayor has this mayor's office of education and what they've gotten done now at the soda tax and, and what they're able to start off coming up in 2017 in just a few months, they're already yeah. accepting the enrollment for our pre-K. Yeah. Yeah. Education really has to be at the top, right? I mean, one, you know, it's, it's such an important piece to what will help inspire young people to get involved, you know, um, one of the one keep of them the off the streets, and keep right? Them, mm-hmm. Keep them busy. Yeah, yeah. keep Get them, them busy jobs. in activities exactly. that are, um, you know, going to productive. Productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the the missions that I read it, it, that you have is to attract more tourists and residents into the city. Tell me what you're doing to uh, to make that happen. Well, I actually have the honor to serve on the boards for the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau as well as the Visit Philly. So we are working on, like, campaigns for marketing and tourism. One of the upcoming things is our Philly Holiday Festival that will be happening uh, first time ever on a Saturday. It's quote-unquote small business Saturday. It's going to be November 26th at City Hall. Okay. We're going to have our first tree lighting outside on Dilworth Park, and it's going to be the most amazing tree you'll see. It's so Philadelphia style. I don't, I'm going to give teasers so your listeners will have to come out oh, on good. Saturday, good. September, uh, November 26th, rather, Okay. Um, between 5 to 7. But that is going to help attract tourism. I know it. Yeah. Because, you know, New York Central Park has their big tree with all the lights and this huge We have huge the event. new ice skating rink, right? That's the only Rothman a couple 
drank. There's so many things happening for the holidays. We put a call out to all the communities, you know, Maniong, Chestnut Hill, Germantown, like all of these neighborhoods are all doing their own thing for the holidays. We're able to put a holistic calendar together to include all these free events and families can go on the weekends and in evenings and all these crafts and shops. And so they'll come down, they'll go to these like the Christmas village and they'll do spend and then they'll go to lunch and then they'll ice skate and then they'll do the tours through Comcast Center and, and Macy's and go to the One Liberty Observation Deck. There are so many new things that are happening in our city, especially How about down for on the, the water. Penn's Landing. I love it down there. Oh, so do I. So yeah. um, Penn's Landing is going to be uh, spectacular. They're going to close it out the holidays. They have their Blue Cross River rink as well that mm-hmm. they have. Right. Um, but on New Year's Eve, thanks to Sugar House Casino, they're going to be having two fireworks, spectacular fireworks this year, 6 o'clock and midnight. And then they will turn it into the next morning into the Mummers Parade. Right? <laughs> Overnight. Oh, my so gosh. So it's right. just I hope you – have a calendar that's empty because I want to fill it out with all kinds of activities. Okay. There's so many new restaurants. There's so many yeah. new things that are happening here mm-hmm. that it's getting national attention, and that's the stuff that we have to do. But guess what? Social media is a way to start promoting this as well. Mm-hmm. These testimonials, the visuals, the photos just that – say it all yeah i love to hear from people who really have never been to philadelphia Uh and they come their testimonials because i think you know we all have um kind of visions in our mind about certain places we've never been and then you go and and very often you're pleasantly surprised always surprised always and even just driving by i'm like what's that i had no idea this was here when did this open (laughs) (laughs) and to see all the new construction of houses even in south philadelphia it's you drive and i'm like Oh, my goodness. It's booming. Yeah, it's it really booming. is. It really is. Tell me what you, you know, what, it's it's a tough, you know, politics is a tough, tough, um, what is politics? It's a tough, it's, um, the, the word is escaping me. But when you're dealing with um, having um, a role where you can affect policies and change and things that are going on in, in, a, in a city, everybody has a different agenda yes, or opinion, right opinion about what's important to them I'll say how do you manage that um, you know how do you get people to collaborate and not be so strong-willed on you know well this is what is important to me and I'm not going to listen to what other people want to do it's a tough place it to be. truly you know is I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, the mayor's definitely in a tough spot on a lot of things yes. um, like I said but he has surrounded himself with really dynamic individuals that are, are spearheading these these initiatives but what we're doing now as well is we are wanting to hear from the folks that are in this so bring in together all the different players, bringing them together at a table and saying, okay, here's here's the concern, here's the issue, here are some of the, the many opportunities that we can address it, because obviously there's not always one right way to do something. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, going out to the community to corporations and the neighborhood, you know, the block captains and all these different things and bringing them together to say, hey, what's important to you? What's a what priority? do you want to see changed? Yeah. How do you want us to see things, do, you know, to come out? What is the outcome that you want of this conversation? And of course, there's many, many, like you said, uh, voices that are spoken mm-hmm. and so many different ways to do something. But we have to really think, what is the best interest of the people that are going to be benefiting from this? So it's not just because you're in charge and it's your decision and this is what you want, but is that really what's going to be best for the the number of folks? Mm -hmm. So the majority of people that can benefit from it is what we usually try to go with. Yeah. Get them to focus on a consensus. What, and, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and you have to, to do the pros and cons. That's exactly. Right. That's exactly. Right. You know, uh, I'm not a vocal person. I don't get boisterous and stuff. And, you know, you have to learn to adapt to different personalities Mm -hmm. because some of these people are very, very vocal and very opinionated and don't want to, they kind of close off and don't want to hear what others have to say. But they'll, they'll remain in the room and listen. And then at the end, it's like, okay. I mean, I was really proud of what we've just done with the SEPTA strike. I know we inconvenienced for, you know, about a week or so, but they came to a consensus, and thank goodness it all worked out. And yeah. But 
it's just like that. It's like the bargaining table. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it's the same. It's the same in any business, any corporation, mm-hmm. in any city. Mm-hmm. You know, you really and and listening is always the key. That's what I said. It makes a good leader. You know, right? You know, um, somebody said something recently that I thought was so brilliant about. Um, when you can look to another side, a, another group that perhaps is typically different from your views, mm-hmm. and say, help me understand. I love that because um, sometimes beautiful. it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It either it either validates your own, you know, your your own uh, views and, and opinions, or you, you get a little change of heart, right? Um, we talked about leadership style earlier, and I had written down uh, another quote. Because, uh, you like me. We love quotes. <laughs> and this really sums up your leadership style. I'm going to let you give uh, this quote about. Oh, yeah. We'll I'll start with <laughs> your smile. smile. Yes, <laughs> Thank <and> you. So. <laughs> now, I don't know who the author of, the, of this quote is, but I found it, and it resonated with me. And I said, oh, my God, this is how I lead my life. So your smile is your logo. Your personality is your business card. And how you leave others feeling after having experience with you becomes your trademark. That sums it all up, right? It does. It's beautiful. It reminds me of my Angelou's about oh, people will, you know, they that's remember. That's my other favorite. Yeah, yes. I've learned that people will also. forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never, ever forget how you made them feel. So true. So true. And, you you know, you have an opportunity now in this new position to be um, communicating with so many people on a daily basis. It is. I'm like that Does connector. It, yes, right? you So are. I'm that liaison from, you know, to City Hall, to the mayor's office, to the, the small mom and pop shop, to a nonprofit, to a large scale event. Um, are you do you ever feel overwhelmed? And, and if you do, how do you? work through that um well being that this is all new to me every day is a new experience just learning the the etiquette and learning the intricacies of how government is working is is overwhelming in itself yeah learning my whole new team i have Uh a whole new team in the office of city representative so i had to you know i built my brand of who the my other team Mm -hmm. and now i had to come in and they had to trust me i had to trust them and so get to know their talents and their strengths and the weaknesses that we can build upon but we're just really creating a a new image for our department at the office of city rep so if i get overwhelmed i have a whole support system do you delegate are you able to delegate i am a good delegator yes i am I think that's critical. <laughs> it right? is critical because you have to believe in them to be able to delegate. And, um, you know, they are a reflection of who I am. So I only want the best. I only want quality. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't ask for a lot, but I do expect um, to have that same work ethic that I have, which is that dedication, that passion, the commitment, the creativity. Yeah. And uh, we make it work. Tell me, we just have a, a few minutes left. If For young women who might be listening and are interested in, in getting involved in government, what would you say to them? Other than volunteering, that's clearly a pattern with you, is that, you know, stepping up and saying, I'll help with that, leads to wonderful yeah, connections Yeah, I mean, besides all the political campaigns you can volunteer yeah. for, knocking on the doors, you know, putting up posters, all that stuff. But there are so many organizations to get engaged in or even just set up a one-on-one with someone already in office just to have an opportunity to speak with them get that build that relationship now from the start mm-hmm. and uh, you know follow up with them get a mentor who can really and a coach as well I know there's a difference between the mentor and a coach but someone who's going to be there to support you throughout this whole process and just then you know step in stone but if you feel that you want to be involved um, I have already gotten so many requests from folks who say oh, my God, you're in this. How do I get in it? And I I I never thought I'd be in politics, like I said. And it's just a really great thing because I am all about public service. And this this is truly, so a dream come true for me. And I cannot wait to see what lies ahead. Yeah, well, I feel the same way. I'm excited for the whole, you know, when we look at, you know, the entire um, political um, atmosphere, where women are headed, I think it's going to be incredibly exciting. It is. We're all ready to take over. We are. Take over the world. I wish you the best of Thank you so much for having me. I Thank really, you. really appreciate this incredible opportunity. I enjoyed it, and we hope to have you. I'm sure you'll be back again. You know where we are. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Be sure to check out uh, womentowatch.net for our lineup and all things related to the show. Have a great week, everyone.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.